Welcome to the Flourish with Neural Retraining podcast. I'm your host, Madeline Lowry, founder of Twin Cities Neural Retraining and a certified MAP method practitioner specializing in anxiety, sensitivities, and chronic symptoms and conditions. Join me for episode 66, where we talk with my client, Josie, about her experience with the MAP method and what she's learned about working with the mind and its impact on emotional, mental, and physical health. Hear how the benefits she experienced have even extended to her relationships and her role as a parent, and how she's used the MAP for Sensitivities program for food and mold sensitivities. In this episode, we discuss MAP sessions as compared with talk therapy. With the MAP method, we utilize the subconscious mind to neutralize trauma memories and their associations. It doesn't require much in the way of talking, Instead, you are in a relaxed, meditative state, reviewing the memory while the practitioner offers instructions to your subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind rewires itself during the session. As always, we must disclaim that the information we share in the podcast is for educational purposes only. As MAP method practitioners, we do not diagnose or treat disease. Instead, We work with the person and the personality to optimize health. All right, now let's talk to Josie. Josie, I am really excited to welcome you to join me today. I'm so happy to have you because I think you have been one of my clients that has, you know, really explored a lot around um, your health and the ways in which our habitual thoughts relate to how we feel physically. And I'm so excited to have you share some of your insights and some of your learnings with us today. I'm super excited to be here. So thank you so much for inviting me. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity um, for talking about the connection between the mind and the body and, and how it all relates to everyone's individual, you know, healing path. Yeah, so maybe we can just start at the beginning. Um, you know, I I I wonder how you heard about the MAP method and how you came to uh how did you find me and start working with me in MAP sessions? Yeah, it was I feel like it's a little bit of an un, unlikely uh tale, but it I was struggling with infertility um at the time and I was sort of looking for resources that were, well, basically it was anything that I hadn't tried already. (laughs) I felt like I had tried everything. I had been doing, you know, acupuncture and Chinese herbs and, um, you know, uh, uterine massages and really just anything that was on that kind of um, natural side and and the functional health side um, to conceive a baby naturally. And um, I was struggling. And so I was listening to a podcast, actually, that was about fertility. And you were the guest that was being hosted on the episode. And 
I just remember being instantly intrigued. Uh, it was the really the first, my first um, introduction to the idea that maybe I shouldn't be looking outside of my physical body for the answer. Maybe I shouldn't be looking to herbs or pills or, um, you know, some sort of physical modality to affect my, my biology. Maybe I needed to be looking inside um, for, for those answers and for those solutions. And so you were talking about addressing the subconscious mind and how the MAP method was so different from other modalities, because of course I had tried, um, you know, talk therapy and, um, you know, counseling and, and things like that, which mainly work with your conscious mind. And so this idea that you could somehow access your subconscious mind, and I do remember you talking about it being less painful than counseling and, um, you know, quote, easier. And I thought, well, why wouldn't I try this? You know, I've tried, I've tried what I feel like everything else. I've tried EFT, you know, I've tried, tried all the stuff. So I was really, really interested. Um, and I remember kind of, I came home and talked to my husband about it you know, Hey, listen to this idea. And we were just both kind of batting it around. And, and I said, I'm going to try it. And, um, he said, if you try it and you like it, then, you know, I'm going to try it too. And so I reached out to you, you know, within a week or so of hearing the episode and set up that consultation. And, um, we had our first 60 minute session, I think, you know, within just a few weeks after me reaching out to you. Yeah. What do you yeah. remember about that session? You know? I got my mind blown. <laughs> I remember that. I mean, honestly, my first session with you was one of the most impactful sessions that you and I have had together. Um, I feel really fortunate for that because I know it's not like that necessarily for every client that you have. Um, but for me, that first session was so impactful and like such a good representation of what the MAP method is that I was just... I was, I had proof immediately. So it made it so much easier for me to um, be invested in that, you know, that like, wow, this is, I'm doing this again. You know, whenever, whenever you recommend, I think you rec, you know, usually at the end of the session, you recommend an interval between sessions. And, and I, I signed up, <laughs> you know, immediately <laughs> got that thing on my calendar. Um, I remember you know, in that first session, you recommend talking about a an emotional topic. For me, it wasn't hard to identify what that was going to be. I, I knew what it was immediately. And um, it is something that I is something actually that happened in my adult life versus happening in my in my childhood. And but it was something that I had struggled with for five or six years to the point where I couldn't think about this memory without crying. Um, I couldn't talk about the memory effectively because I couldn't not ball through it. Um, it was something that was just devastating for me. And when I brought it up in the session and we, you know, I, I call it when we mapped it, um, by the end of the session, it was, and this happens a lot in map for me, and maybe it does for other folks too. Um, by the end of the session, my memory wasn't gone. Uh, it was still the same memory. I could still see it. But honestly, the feeling of the memory and like the tone of the memory and the sharpness um, had changed. 
and also my perspective, like my physical perspective. Um, my my initial memory, I'm obviously the person in the memory. Um, I'm the person it's happening to or that's going through the thing. And by the end of my first session, it was as if I was viewing it as it was a movie. Um, so I was standing on the outside of the memory and I was watching it. And it was just, um, I can, you know, the charge was just neutral. And it was my very first session. I mean, by the time we got to the end and you asked me, how do you feel about it now? I wasn't crying anymore. And I, you know, I mean, honestly, that's the first time I had been able to speak about it without crying about it um, in five or six years. And it, it was, you know, 45 minutes into the session or so. And I was able to talk through it coherently. And I remember you asking me, you know, how does it feel now? And I said, well, how do I answer it if, if it's just like, if the pain's just gone, you know, how do I articulate that answer? Um, so the memory was still there and I could still see all the details, but they did look a little different to me and it felt so much different to me. Um, it had just as if it had cleared, you know, that, that major negative charge had just neutralized and cleared. So as I said, I'm fortunate that, you know, my, some people, I think it, I, I feel like I can speak to this a little bit because I know a lot of people who do MAP with you specifically. <laughs> um, and I feel like sometimes that session happens on your third or fourth session or something like that. You know, you have this big mind blowing one. Um, I was, I was really lucky to have that be just my very first session. So um, I was immediately just sort of dialed in with, with MAP and with you. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that is, you know, that is one of the, one of the most reliable things that we can count on from map sessions is that we can take some a painful emotional experience and and neutralize that and not only neutralize it like oh now i can't really feel my feelings anymore i mean it's not like that it's more like my perspective on that trauma has changed like i just feel more peaceful acceptance of what whatever it was. And also I feel like the memory has less of a hold on me. And it's sort of like moving into the past, right? It's like, there's more distance to it. It's not as sharp, vivid, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's maybe a little fuzzier. It, maybe it's, it's just receding more into the past. Right. And that's, and I think that's because that the, the mind, right. Um, you know, I just read this white paper that the, that the MAP Coaching Institute published earlier this year, and it talks about the neurobiology of trauma. And one of the things it describes, you know, the parts of the brain that are activated by trauma and how the brain is affected, how the brain is impacted by trauma, and then how, you know, MAP sessions kind of uh, work with that. I mean, we're not speaking to different parts of your brain, but essentially what we observe in a map session is, you know, that uncoupling of like that, this, this moment frozen, frozen in time and like the, the intensity around it, the sharpness, the feeling that when you bring that memory to mind, like you are right there, you know? Yeah. So I, I just think it's interesting, you know, to, uh, you know, having worked with so many people on painful emotional memories, how quickly, you know, those can be neutralized. And, you know, and that's, it's, it's really wonderful because the person can move on with their life. You know, it's, 
without having to live under the cloud of this experience anymore. Yeah, I think that when you, when you, um, you know, this is something that I had addressed in counseling and kind of the idea. Um, I also think counseling is helpful, by the way, but it's just like MAP is just, um, you can do five years of counseling in, you know, two or three sessions or something. Um, but, you know, if, if what your resources are, you know, if the resources that are available to you look more like traditional counseling and that maybe even that's like a bridge to get to something like neural retraining, then, you know, I think that's helpful. But I had done a fair share of counseling around this. But what you do is you sit there and you vent about it. You know, basically you let it out and you're hoping that you can let it out to the point where it doesn't hurt anymore. Um, at least the way that it does so that you can move, move forward with your life. But when you leave that counseling session, you just, you, it's like, you have to go back into your regular day-to-day life and, and you don't, I mean, at least how I felt was sure. I feel better that I vented for that hour. Um, but now I'm sort of, I'm not in that office anymore. And I'm sort of just like back to where I was before I walked in. And I still don't really know what to do with all of these painful emotions. Um, and what's different about MAP, I think, is that in that first, even in that first MAP session, you you quiet your mind to the point where you can just let your subconscious bubble up. Um, and then and then you realize, oh, this is this in particular is why this is so painful for me. You know, it's 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 often I feel like boils down to our beliefs that were formed in childhood where you know, oh, oh, it's because I view myself as a failure because I went through that. Or, oh, it's because um, that happened to me. And so that means that I'm unimportant. Or, you know, whereas if you're just talking about it, I feel like um, you're, only your conscious mind is involved and you can't really identify what it is that is such a sticking point for you. So that's where MAP is really powerful. Yeah. So do you want to talk about, you know, what, what else you noticed through working through sessions? I mean, you've had a number of sessions now. Um, I think we've been working together maybe two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we get together once a month. Uh, yeah. And once every few weeks, it's not like we've been working on the same thing in every session. Right. I, you know, you, whatever, yeah. whatever it is that is, you know, bothering you like that, that's the the priority for our session. You know, what, what have you noticed in terms of emotional, mental, or even physical benefits? Yeah, I mean, there's an immediate effect for me right after a MAP session um, that often lasts a few days, uh, sometimes a bit longer, where it's a feeling of clarity and lightness like you've just had this major you know release um a weight taken off your shoulders type of a feeling um and there's often a feeling of euphoria involved there for the first you know a couple days after a map session where you just sort of feel um as you talk about a lot empowerment i feel empowered i feel lighthearted i feel euphoric and there's a heightened sense of that in my, you know, like I said, for just the first few days afterward, but then there's a more peaceful, um, settled feeling that remains for me. 
um, in between sessions. It's a it's a feeling like you have sort of um, reorganized things in your brain, you know, and um, like I guess the way I think of it is you have all these memories that often some of them are are consciously available to you you know what those really painful ones are and you know when you run into things in your in your current life that you know you have triggers that kind of go back to those painful memories and then you have other memories that are maybe so um hurtful or you know dark or whatever that they're just sort of hidden away um and i feel like with map what it's allowed me to do is like if you think about those memories as if they're pictures in a frame um i'm i'm not keeping those pictures down in the crawl space anymore you know where they're it's you know it's dark and it's damp and i'm never going to see them and i i have to just bury them away down there um and i'm also not keeping them hanging on my living room wall where i'm I'm like, Hey, remember this one? Like, you know, let's talk about this one and, and how hard that was for me. And, and I would have, you know, basically what a victim I was that I had to go through that. And, um, you know, I want to make sure you identify with me that, that, you know, how hard this was, or, um, I, I keep them in the hallway now, you know, they're hanging up in the hall. I walk through the hall. I see them. Yeah, that happened. You know? Yeah. It's there. I'm walking by. I don't mind seeing it. I don't need to relish in it. And I don't need to fear them. Um, they're just there. They're a part of my, you know, they're a part of my history. They're a part of my past. And I'm not even talking about big T traumas. I'm not, I'm not your, I'm not one of those clients of yours, but I, I don't, I, I consider myself to really have had a fairly um, happy, healthy upbringing. I'm talking about little T traumas, things that my brain has perceived as um, traumatic events or events that made me feel unsafe or, you know, unseen. Um, so I think that's been a huge effect for me with map that I can just sort of, uh, change the meaning of a lot of those memories and events. And I don't hide from them. And I also don't put them, you know, on my trophy case. I just, they're just there and I, I'm able to sort of live with them. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the emotional mm -hmm. and mental, uh, maybe level shifts that you've noticed. Anything else that you've noticed? For sure. Um, I I changed the relationships in my life, I think, with my loved ones because of MAP. Um, I, I do have several family and friends who do MAP with you. And that has been so helpful because we all get it. You know, everyone's just kind of on the same playing field. And I think it means that... Um, you know, those things about you that you considered weaknesses maybe before or things to feel uh, shame about, we all, we all have that and we all know what those are for, you know, ourselves and kind of, you know, in some sense for each other, if people are willing to share or whatever. And um, so we have the map modality in common. And I think that that, that has just brought a sense of, um, you know, openness to the relationships. And, um, when I say openness, I mean, it's easier to share. It's easier to have vulnerability, um, because you, you just have more of a sense that you, you all understand each other, but also that you trust yourself, you know, like that you have kind of 
gone down this path of finding out who you really are and why you've responded to the things you have, the way that you have in your life and um, how you now have different choices, right, as an adult. And if you're all kind of doing that same work together, I think it, it just makes it easier to be um, vulnerable and, you know, be authentic. So that's that's one thing I have also noticed is my closest relationships in my life have um, become even more real, I'd say. Not necessarily easier um, for all of them. Mm. Some of them, it's really, it's just made it so that it's um, it's an opportunity to to grow in that relationship and just become more real. Uh, so that's been it. That's been a big effect. It's also with my daughter, she's three and a half. I can't, I mean, I can't imagine where I'd be in my, you know, parenthood path right now without map. Um, because I've uncovered so many things that I, um, you know, all these beliefs that I formed of myself when I was a child and how I've, I've uncovered how I did that and why I did that. And now I have the opportunity to raise a little girl. And as you said, we've been working together for almost two years. And so been able to implement this in her life since she was one and a half. Just, you know, finding a way to empower her and make her feel like she is loved for who she is. And she doesn't have to do anything special, you know, to get that love. And, um, you know, just really being able to kind of use it as a map for things that I want to avoid or things that I want to make sure that I, I pour on, you know, extra heavy, um, maybe because I felt like I, I didn't have that as much as I wanted to, or, you know, things like that. So I think that it has given me a huge amount of strength and power. I feel like in my, um, you know, the raising of my, of my daughter. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful, you know, so you can apply the lessons or like the insights that you have from sessions. For to sure. Your own, yeah, parenting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's a wonderful gift. It's you, amazing. Your child, yeah. It, yeah, it really is. I think we all have this idea that, you know, when you have kids, like, well, this is how I grew up and I loved that. And I want to do this for her. And I, I want to, um, or, you know, I didn't, I didn't love this as a kid and I don't want to do that with my kids. You kind of have this idea, but then you become a parent and you, some, some of what you end up doing is just based off autopilot. You're, you're just kind of doing what you've always done. Uh, and sometimes I think there are elements about parenting that can be pretty triggering, you know, to your own childhood. And I think if you're not aware of those subconscious, you know, effects and beliefs and things like that, it can be so easy to just, um, you know, whoops, 10 years goes by. And, you know, I did all, you know, I did all those things that I said I wasn't going to do, or I didn't want to do, but you're on autopilot. And so you weren't able to recognize it. So I just, yeah, I feel so fortunate to have found this method because it, it it brings that awareness and allows me to sort of stop myself in my tracks and say no that's I'm actually going to make a different choice um, I'm going to do something differently so yeah. yeah and to speak to the physical um, any physical effects from map I would say I had kind of an um, an uneasy feeling in my gut 
often before we started um, that maybe wasn't as, you know, severe as like IBS or something like that. But I definitely had more food sensitivities um, before we started working together and I eat whatever I want now. Um, I had that, you know, kind of just an unsettled feeling sometimes um, might be, might be described as like indigestion or, you know, something like that commonly around eating that I don't have anymore. I really don't have any stomach symptoms anymore at all. I do have, I do struggle with some, some skin stuff. That's kind of like my baseline, you know, if something's going to flare up, it's often going to be my skin, but my baseline has changed. Um, each time I have a bit of a flare, it is less severe, uh, than the time before. And I'm starting to recognize the patterns and things like that. So, um, even that, even kind of like my most stubborn symptom has really improved. Um, my sleep has improved from, from doing that because I think you're able to just sort of clear your mind and be at peace with sitting with your own thoughts. You know, um, if you don't come from a fear-based place, it's okay to just sort of be with your thoughts. If you're not afraid of them or sort of always thinking about the future or always thinking about the past. Mm. So my sleep sleep's gotten better. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you also um, had the opportunity to use the map for sensitivities program for mold sensitivity. I did. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you find that? Um, You and I were doing a session last summer and I kind of told you what was going on with my skin symptoms, which was just this unusual um, bout of pretty severe symptoms with my skin. And we were trying to figure out, I had started to suspect mold. I believe, I believed at the time that I had been exposed to mold as a kid as well. And I think I was, but I remember in that session, your comment to me was, you know, mold is everywhere. And sure, it can be it could be in your home um, at a toxic level, and that and that should be addressed. But but mold is you know ubiquitous, and it's possible that you had you did have this exposure as a kid, and now that sort of lives in your brain as a as a track essentially, where my brain is saying, wait a second, you know, red alert, something's wrong. I recognize this from when we were little. It was unsafe. Um, you know, or it was uncomfortable or, or you felt like you were in danger. And then I I was having that recurrence. I did, we did end up finding that we had mold in our home um, and it was remediated. But even after that remediation, I still, I still struggle with symptoms. And so that's, you and I were talking about that. And you mentioned the idea that that can just be an association in my brain association with my subconscious. And I remember feeling so much relief when you said that actually, because I thought, oh man, that means there's something I can do about it. You know, that it, and, and, and I did, you, you offered um, this idea of trying the map for sensitivities program where you basically desensitize yourself to whatever it is, you know, whether it's gluten or dairy or mold or, you know, um, pet allergies or whatever it is. And that, opened my eyes to the idea that I was someone who needed like daily accountability 
and homework and stuff um, because your map for sensitivities program, I think is designed as about a four week course, mm. but you, when you purchase a program, you can use it for up to six months. And I didn't get through the first four modules in four weeks. I think it took me eight weeks, um, which I think you mentioned, it's sort of a self-paced program. You just do it, you know, do it however, however you see fit. And it, it took me, um, you know, two months maybe. But by the time I was done, I realized that I had sort of trained my brain to do something that was um, basically self-improvement, you know, every day. I had, I had time set aside every day to do the, you know, the exercises that you recommend in the program and to listen to a meditation and to maybe do a map session. Um, you record, you know, map sessions for a part of the program and you sit there with your headphones in and you listen and you kind of, you know, let your subconscious respond. And so anyway, I, I recognized that after that program that I really responded well to having that daily structure mm. and involving my conscious brain with the subconscious work and connecting those two together. That was a, that was really a light bulb moment um, for me that, oh, okay. So I, as opposed to just doing map sessions every, you know, four to six weeks, maybe. And then you have that time in between that sort of, you know, middling time where maybe you start kind of reverting back a little bit to how you might've responded to triggers prior to the map session. Um, so for me, if I, if I kept working on it and I don't mean like, you know, hours and hours a day, I mean, 30 to 60 minutes, maybe a day then I could keep my brain kind of in the right lane and just remember um, all the things I've been working on. And so much of that program, your sensitivities program is about fear, that we are just sort of programmed to fear certain things. And it's different things for each person based off where you came from um, in your childhood. And so doing that daily work on staying out of that fear-based mindset and empowering myself was, um, I mean, that was like monumental for me. And so when I was done with the program, yeah. I was not, I was no longer sensitive to mold. Um, you know, I did all the steps that you, that you asked someone to do. And, and in the end, essentially you end up, um, you know, if you're, if you think you have a sensitivity to dairy in the end, you're, you're drinking a glass of milk, you know, and, and it's a incremental training, basically. So by the end, I was able to, you know, re-expose myself um, to the mold, and I didn't, I didn't react. And I also, I mean, I think the biggest change was my just my mindset. It feels so good to not just be sitting in that fear um, and realize that it's really just this is something that um, it's not to say it's not real, but it lives in my brain. It doesn't live in my body. It's real. It's a real feeling. It's a real emotion. It's a real belief. They're real ideas. It's just that there's not something wrong with me, um, you know, with my body and my biology. It's that I have a fear about this. And if I can resolve that fear and come from a place of power instead, then uh, it just feels entirely different. So this is this is really important, right? What you just said, because especially mold sensitivities. I mean, I work with people with all kinds of sensitivities, but people with the mold sensitivities are sort of the like the most 
hardcore in a way to work with because there are once you realize that you are mold sensitive and you start to read about it and see practitioners and whatever there are a lot of there's a lot of information you know that just reinforces the fear and and it's it's huge for people because this is about where they live you know where they reside their living environment and many of them end up moving from one place to another you know looking for the safe place to live and that just compounds the fear but what you just talked about was how even though the symptoms are real right the physical symptoms that you're experiencing are real the cause is you know it's not necessarily that the mold is doing something that's damaging to you it is a reaction created in the brain and the subconscious mind you know which runs all the systems of our body has the ability to create any symptom it wants to. It has that power. And when the brain has made an association between, you know, this thing that we're exposed to in our environment or this thing that we're eating or this thing that we're breathing or whatever is truly dangerous for us, right? It's identifying it as a high level threat. And it's trying to tell you, you know, you need to you need to stop going there stop breathing that stop eating that it's trying to get you to stop because it has misidentified something that should be merely you know irritating with something that is a true threat then we are subject to physical symptoms that are extremely uncomfortable they are meant to be right it's a warning sign from from the subconscious mind but it doesn't have to be that way. And I think that's like what you're saying. You learned is like you can you can unwire, you know, these associations that are held in the subconscious mind and free yourself from some of these limitations, you know, dietary or environmental or chemical or otherwise, you know, you can you can have the life that you used to have before you developed the sensitivities, you know, it's possible to, to like unwind all of that and have freedom in your lifestyle. Yeah. And it sounds, you know, it sounds, um, I mean, it's not about, it's not about positive thinking or something, you know, I mean, I think that's like, there's a big movement about that right now and has been, I guess, you know, for the last decade or two. Um, because I think you can't lie to yourself. You can't, you know, you can't positive think your way um, out of a uh, a hang up that you have in your subconscious mind. But you can, what you're talking about is a process. You know, you can start to look for the things that are the associations. You know, you you, you can't just say, well, I'm not I'm not sensitive to strawberries now, so I'm just going to eat the strawberries, and and just sit down and and do that but you can ha- take part in the process and like trust the process that, um, you know, okay, what is this, what is this linked to? And you're really good at that in the map session. Um, you know, if someone was trying to work on a sensitivity, trying to figure out where that initial sensitivity came from, you know, what was the event or events that are surrounding that thing that you're sensitive to. And um, I think, I think today it's so trendy to be, you know, quote, sensitive or allergic to gluten or dairy or, um, you know, 
you have to do a paleo diet or this or that. And that stuff doesn't just come from our childhood and, and maybe events. It comes from the doctors that we're seeing and even the naturopaths and the functional medicine doctors, you know, they're saying, um, gluten's bad for you. You know, it's, you know, it's genetically modified maybe, or it, you have to avoid it. It's, it, you're, it's toxic to your body. It's causing inflammation, you know? So, I mean, even as an adult, I mean, I did that. I was gluten-free for years, years and years. And now haven't been for maybe only six months <laughs> and I just eat, eat whatever I want. Um, but I had certainly made that association because these um, figures that I had looked up to as an authority had told me how scary these things are and how bad they are for my body. And so, I mean, we're reinforcing it kind of everywhere um, with, with things like mold or things that you eat. And certainly with mold, as you said, I mean, if anyone's listening who thinks they might have a mold sensitivity and are, you know, concerned about that, just, just do map before you read anything else, because it it really is. I had hired a, a professional, you know, for a consult basically on what's my next step. Now that I got the test back, you know, confirming there's a higher level of mold in my house than there should be, what's my next step. And it was like, rip out your HVAC system and, you know, completely seal off your basement. And, you know, maybe you might have to move, you know, kind of those things that you mentioned. I mean, thousands and thousands of dollars and just really, really fear mongering. I mean, you know, wear a mask, like wear a hazmat suit, just really scary stuff. And I was really scared by that. And it did exacerbate my symptoms. But thankfully, I was also working with you. Like I booked this consult before you and I had talked about it. And so I got her advice and basically just didn't take any of it. <laughs> and instead just did the Map for Sensitivities program and, um, you know, took care of where we knew the problem was. And that was minor, a minor cost and was easy enough to do. But I didn't go any further. I didn't, I didn't do anything with our HVAC system. And I didn't, you know, I didn't. I didn't go crazy. Thank God. I just did. I just did the program and took care of it. Yeah. So uh, essentially, you know, what we were talking about is how the mind affects our physical health, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, sensitivities are like a perfect example of that, you know, that so many people can relate to because they can feel, you know, the, the physical effects of being exposed and, um, you know, and if they have the chance to to utilize neural retraining and turn that pattern around, it's just so clear that, that didn't have to be there. That there is something in the mind, uh, we can call it a conditioned behavior. You know, this stimulus produces these physical symptoms. You know, when we can break down neural patterns behind that, then we can create a, a different pattern or we can live more freely what else, you know, working with the map method and also incorporating other traditions and methods, you know, what is it that you now understand that maybe you didn't know in the beginning when we first met about how the mind, you know, is really foundational to physical health and physical conditions? Yeah, it, it is absolutely foundational to your physical health. And for me, more than that, now, I really believe that it is just, 
it's key. You can't, I believe you cannot address your physical symptoms without addressing your mind. Um, I mean, you can with prescription medications or you can, you know, with supplements or, and, you know, some of those things have an effect for sure, but they don't get down to the root of why you're exhibiting that symptom or why, you know, your body is sending you that message. Um, so I am at the point in kind of in my evolution where I, I think they're bound to each other and you can't affect one without the other. Um, essentially I think that your mind is leading the charge and your body will follow. And so that goes for both positive things and negative things. You know, if your mind is focused on, um, if you're hypervigilant, like I was for a really long time. And I, and I still, of course, dip back into that from time to time. And I'm, I'm, I don't consider myself to be, you know, a, a fully evolved person or something yet, but it's, I've made a shift to where my focus is no longer, how do I protect myself and my body in my life? You know, how do I do, what do I need to do to keep myself safe? And always kind of that hypervigilant mindset. Um, then what was, what was following that hypervigilance was, um, you know, symptoms that were showing up in my body that were based on that feeling of tension and fear and anxiety. And that's what you can kind of expect, you know. Um, but if you can shift your mindset, and as I said, it's more than just positive thinking, it's a process. It takes a long time, I feel like. I mean, a, a lot less time than, you know, say spending 10 years in therapy or something, but it does take work and diligence. And if I can shift my mindset to, um, well, I don't need to keep myself safe from that thing that isn't an actual threat, right? Because I trust myself. So if that thing does happen, I'm okay. I know I'll be okay because I know I'm smart and I know I'm resourceful and I know I'm competent and I know I'm strong. Um, so I can just let go of looking for all those little things that I need to keep myself safe from because I just trust that, um, you know, I have skills and I have resources now. And if something does happen or when something does happen, I know that I'll, I'll be able to handle it. You know, that it's not, that it might be discomfort. It, it's not something that is an actual danger or, you know, that's going to kill me. So I think that if you can trust your mind, if you can trust yourself to sort of dig in to the subconscious, which I think can be a scary idea because you really don't know what's in there um, since we can't really access it on our own, uh, certainly not easily or reliably. Um, but if you can access it with something like MAP and try to just sit with that idea that you can trust yourself to, um, you know, uncover whatever's in there and be able to deal with it, then I think that you, you know, essentially for me, and I, and I don't know how it is for everyone, but really for me, this, I realize I'm on a, I'm on sort of a, you know, journey, so to speak, I guess, to find my authentic self. You know, I want to be the me that I want to be now when I'm 43, not the person that I have sort of turned into based off all of the things and events that have happened in my life. 
I feel like I want to choose now to be uh, as real as I can be so that I can be present in my life and enjoy my life and um, just sort of sit with that authenticity. That's what, that's what I like, what my ultimate goal is. And I, and I really feel like that has so much to do with physical health. I think that, you know, like the, the book, um, when the body says no by, um, Gabor Mate, how he talks about if you're not going to make those decisions for yourself, or you're not going to make those connections for yourself or recognize that, Hey, I hate my job actually. Um, and I'm still in it or, you know, even just this whole industry, I feel like is toxic, but it's how I make my living and it's a good living. Or, you know, if you're not ha- happy in your, you know, relationship or whatever it is, but you feel like you, um, that's the choice you made a long time ago. So you have to stick with it or whatever. I think your body is going to stand up and say, all right, you know, I'm going to show you that this is something that you need to pay attention to. I'm going to show you this is something that you, that is worth addressing. You are worth addressing this. Um, so that has kind of been, that's sort of my interpretation now of what, of what symptoms are, that they are basically just messages from the body that are following what your mind is doing and what your mind is focused on. You know, it's sort of saying, um, okay, Hey, you're, you're not making this conscious connection. So I, you know, I'm going to show you that this is something that you need to pay attention to. And of course it's, for me, it's been like trying to put a puzzle together. You know, I'm trying to figure out where all the pieces fit and how it all makes sense. But I definitely feel like I'm, I'm getting there and I'm listening. Um, I'm just taking, I'm taking those symptoms as messages now, as opposed to fearing them, you know, seeing them as something being wrong with me. I, as crazy as it sounds, because I remember hearing people say stuff like this, I've gotten to the point where I'm grateful for all of the symptoms that led me to, you know, to find MAP and to find kind of like the subsequent modalities and programs that I've become involved in. Because if I hadn't have had those symptoms, I wouldn't be trying to become my authentic self. And I feel like that's just the ultimate goal. You know, I want to be, you know, when I'm on my deathbed, when I'm 95 or whatever, I want to look back and say, you know, man, I really did it. Like I really ate it up. I really just like soaked up my life and sort of, you know, followed my intuition and, and did the things I wanted to do and made the connections and loved hard and didn't worry about what others thought about me and was able to be vulnerable and, you know, find that strength in that vulnerability. So because I had all these, you know, symptoms, because my body, which is connected to my mind, cared about me enough to say, you know, hey, wait a minute, we're throwing up the red flag, you got to figure this out. Um, That's what I'm doing now. And I feel like my life is so much richer and more peaceful and more authentic now than it was two years ago. So yeah, you're describing, you know, there's a, there's a payoff, right. To this process and it's not all, it's not just about symptom reduction, right. It's a, there is symptom reduction, but I mean, the, the greater arc, as you said, is like um, uncovering, like 
who you really are and sort of releasing or letting go of the things that aren't authentically you but have been there like blocks or barriers or limitations to to being your authentic self and when when you can start throwing those off you know you can reveal you know the you the real you that has been there that is there has always been there all along and um and really honor that right live out of out of that which is a a much much happier much more satisfying much more fulfilling way of, of living yeah yeah i think along the way um you know with map and and maybe some other work i've done it it's just come up so many times just time after time that oh here's the thing that happened to me when i was 5 and when i was 5 i felt like I was powerless, right? Because I'm five and it felt like maybe I wasn't smart enough to figure it out or um, I felt alone or whatever it was because you don't have the strength and the skills and the experience and the resources. But when you make that conscious connection with your subconscious, right? The subconscious thing that was brought up and you can make that conscious connection that, wait a minute, I am an adult now. So sure, I can see how that happened and why it resulted in me feeling that way I did when I was five. But I've been carrying that around since I was a little kid and responding, you know, to this hurtful thing or this trigger or whatever, um, in the same way that I did when I was a child. But now I've brought it into the light. And I can look at it and I'm aware of it. And I can say, Oh, yeah, so I don't, I don't want to respond like that anymore. Now I want to respond like this. Um, because now I know that I have X, Y, and Z that, you know, are going to get me through this situation and I have the ability to respond to it differently. So when I've done that a hundred times, right, with all these things where it's been uncovered that, oh man, that happened when I was 11. (laughs) I've been responding the same way since I was 11. Um, It just gives you just such empowerment. I I now can decide how I'd like to respond to this situation differently. And when that happens so many times collectively over, you know, the last couple of years that I've been doing this, it, that changes your life. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of in a way working on changing your personality. You are responding to your own day-to-day life in different ways than, you know, maybe you ever have. So it results in, for me, feeling like I'm stronger than I ever knew that I was. I'm smarter than I ever knew I was. I'm I'm much more capable than I ever, you know, thought I was. You know, you talked about some of the other resources that you've used like along this journey. Do you want to talk about what some of those resources are and any other suggestions or recommendations you have for others who might be intrigued by um, working with their minds um, in order to address chronic health issues? Yeah. I mean, I, one of the things is I just kind of, I keep a running list of the stuff that you talk about in your podcast. I listen to your podcast quite a bit and um, you often mention books or, um, you know, other podcasts, that type of thing of, of people who are um, have a similar type of mindset where basically you're open-minded. You know, the idea is just that you um, maybe it doesn't look exactly how we've been taught. It looks for the last, you know, let's say 80 years or something. Um, you know, maybe, maybe since the early 1900s, the sort of the introduction of like pharmaceuticals and sort of this, this, um, just the way the medical industry looks in our country. 
so, I mean, that's one thing is I just sort of try to keep an open mind and sort of look into other people and their ideas of how our mind and our body might be connected and how they, you know, they might be working together. So um, that's one resource I really have taken away is from, is your, from your podcast and kind of other looking into other authors and, um, you know, new ideas from that. Um, but right now I'm actually finishing up a program. I'm on the, you know, sort of the, the end of a program called the mind body rewire. I found it basically because of the, the map for sensitivities program. So when I ended that program, as I said, I realized that, wow, this is really working for me. Like this is where I've seen my biggest um, sort of transformation is because I am combining my conscious work with my subconscious work and I'm working on it every day. Even if it's just for a little while, I've rewired my brain to sort of expect that idea that, okay, for 30 or 60 minutes, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for myself. I'm going to take this time for myself and I'm going to work on it. Um, so I was sort of looking for a continuation of that, that idea. Um, and I, and I found a program called the mind body rewire, um, that actually incorporates a concept called German new medicine, which is very contrary, I'd say to the idea of just, um, how our bodies work. and you know, the idea that, oh, if you have a symptom, that means that there's something wrong. And if there's something wrong, then you should address it, you know, with this pill or whatever. Um, so the, the idea essentially is that your body's always working for you. And um, a lot of these concepts are really aligned with MAP. And I think that it's one of the reasons that I, that I decided to sort of, um, you know, add it into my regimen, I guess, of, of working on myself. The idea is your body's always working for you, that it is sending you messages that you have to interpret and, and German New Medicine or GNM, um, GNM has kind of like a key for, you know, they're very specific where they feel like the, the physician who developed it says, you know, oh, if you, um, if you have a skin issue, that actually means this, like you suffered this specific type of trauma or had this type of event. So if you um, come to the point where you sort of believe in that, that's, that's really comforting, right? Because it's like a key where, oh, so this equals that. Um, at first, I don't think you necessarily fully believe in that. But then once you see all the connections to your own symptoms, then for me, it became um, comforting. It became something that just makes so much sense. And just this general idea that your body's not out to get you. You know, I mean, I certainly felt that way. You and I mapped that. I don't, you know, a few times at least where I felt like, well, why me? You know, why is this, why, why did I have that type of childhood or why do I have these type of symptoms um, when none of my friends do, or I don't know anyone else who feels this way or, you know, that type of thing. And so it's just this sort of idea that my body was against me and we were on separate teams, um, which you can understand, I can understand now, right? How if my brain is thinking that about my body, how can I expect my body to get on board and like be in alignment with me and, you know, do all this healing when I'm essentially attacking it with my thoughts and my words. So I really, I really like the concept that you listen to these messages from your body and you address the um, thing in your mind. And once you do that, um, you start noticing after some time, you know, again, it's not an overnight process, but that 
your body will follow where your mind is going. And so for me, I've actually dropped off um, a couple symptoms that I've struggled with off and on for years doing this program in combination with um, doing MAP with you. So um, I love the idea that my body is built to heal itself. And if I can just get out of its way, then that's what it's going to do. So if I can keep my mind in the right lane, you know, focus on what it is that I do want, um, acknowledge, maybe acknowledge those traumatic events, right? And they, they neutralize, um, but then focus on what I do want now going forward, which for me, a big key there was triggers in my daily life. Uh, so like you have something happen when you're a young child, you don't recognize that you actually have five or six triggers now, maybe more, maybe less, right? But you have a handful of these triggers that are associated with that one event. So for me, that was just a huge key that like, oh man, every time this thing happens now, when I'm in my forties, I do feel those same emotions I felt when I was a little kid. Maybe I do feel isolated and I do feel fearful. Um, and I do feel, you know, like I don't have the power or whatever. Oh, okay. So now that I know that's how I feel when I respond to this trigger, it's that same concept I was talking about earlier. I'm not a child anymore. I'm an adult. So how would I choose to respond to this trigger instead? Because now I know I'm not powerless and I know I'm not isolated. Um, so that was, that was a big shift for me, um, which is involved in this program and kind of this idea about German new medicine that you change your perception. Um, that is, that is where you hold all the answers basically that, acknowledge the thing happened, change your perception of the meaning of the event. So like, it's not the, you got in a car accident or something, right? And then after that, you have all these symptoms show up. It wasn't the car accident that caused your symptoms. It was your meaning that you assigned to the car accident that you're not safe, say. Um, and so then if you can start that choosing that different response, um, to where you feel safe and you feel empowered, then you don't respond to your day-to-day -day triggers the same way that you used to. So now through MAP, I've neutralized the charge. And then um, through this like conscious work that I'm doing in connection with my subconscious, I'm able to neutralize those triggers and choose, essentially write myself a script, right? Like, okay, so now I know it's going to happen again. And, you know, when it happens, I'm going to just pause for a minute. I am not going to go down my same old pathway that I've been traveling for 40 years. I'm instead going to pause and I'm going to make a choice for myself. And um, that's hard to do because it's, it's a knee jerk reaction, you know, at that, you know, is in the name trigger. But if you can, if you can just, if I, for me anyway, if I can just utilize that pause, I realize I actually do have a choice and I'm going to assign a new meaning here and I'm going to choose to do something different. Um, and so, like I said, for me, that doing that daily work, um, becoming aware of all of those modern day, you know, current day triggers that were associated with a lot of the stuff that I've already dealt with in MAP has um, just resulted in this sort of sense of freedom, you know?
Like I just, I, I can choose to do whatever I want to do. And it's just giving me the knowledge that I have the tools now, you know, I might not know what's coming, but I have a lot of tools in my toolbox. So I already know that, um, I might not know what that thing is, but I know that I have already dealt with all this other stuff. Um, so I'm going to know how to deal with that too. So just a sort of a sense of peace. And security. And security. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I, I've spent my life, I think, feeling like I was, I was different. You know, maybe I was different than everyone else or um, my body worked differently. Or, um, you know, like I said, my body wasn't as strong or, well, maybe that doesn't apply to me because I have this diagnosis or this symptom or whatever. And now for the last, you know, I mean, really that, that idea, that momentum started when I started MAP, the idea that, well, actually this all makes sense. You know, how I got here. It's not that my body's out to get me. It's that it's trying to tell me something and I just don't understand what it's trying to tell me yet. So between MAP and GNM, I sort of feel like I, you know, it's been translated now into a language that I can read. And so now it just feels like, yeah, although I do still have a few of these symptoms, they're, they're lighter than they ever have been. And I, there's no clock on it. Um, that is definitely something I've done my whole life too, where, you know, okay, well this, I have, this has to go away by the time I take this trip, you know, to Europe or I, you know, I want this to go away before I try having kids or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And I put this, this clock on it and this pressure. And now, because I've totally changed the, you know, idea about how our body works and the meaning I've assigned to these symptoms, there's no constraint. There's no pressure there because I just know that I've already seen the proof, um, you know, with some of my other symptoms and it'll come you know, it, it'll come. And so I don't have to feel like, well, maybe it won't work for me, or maybe I'm too down, far down this path or, you know, whatever. Um, it's really just about the mindset work. You don't physically, you don't focus on that symptom. You work on your trauma or your perception that is connected with that symptom. And then the body will just follow once you're able to get into a more peaceful, you know, empowered place that's been my experience. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. You know, I think there's, there is so much that you have learned that most people can't fathom, but I think hopefully these ideas, um, just even hearing you talk, right. will start to open up some possibilities you know for people who are listening so that they can find their own best way to work with their mind if they have chronic health issues or emotional or mental or behavioral issues that they want to to work with and to resolve yeah i think if if you're just able to open your mind to new ideas I, I am talking about drastically different ideas. You know, I, I think that I don't know how I can't speak for how it goes in other countries, but in this country, it's essentially how it goes is you, you, some, you come up with a symptom. I have to go to the doctor, you go to the doctor, the doctor says your symptom means, or, and, or your, you know, your blood test means you have this disease. Um, 
okay, well, why do I have that disease? Oh, well, I don't have any idea why you have that disease, but you have to take this medication now for the rest of your life. I mean, that's kind of how it goes. And if you think about how you feel as a person, when that happens, you feel defeated and you feel scared and you feel dependent upon a doctor or a medication or, um, and I mean, I've been there, like I've, I have been there many times for way longer than I wanted to be. Um, but, but if you can open your mind to, there's a different, you know, there are different realities that you could consider. You could consider that your body knows exactly what to do. You just have to learn the code, you know, to listen to it. Your, your brain has been wired a certain way since you were an infant or a toddler, you know, or a child. And it's been that way for decades, depending on how old you are. And if you can just um, allow the idea in that it might take some time to rewire those programs, to allow those programs to um, be wired in a different way, to go down a different path. You know, I mean, these are concepts that like you certainly aren't talking to your doctor about. And just that idea that that it's within you. Like I, for me, it makes so much sense now that how would I expect the answer to all of this is that I just needed to find the right prescription or I just needed to find the right acupuncturist or, I mean, all those things can be supportive, you know, modalities maybe, but it makes so much sense to me now that the idea is that it's just, my body knows what to do. I just have to let it, you know, I just have to let it do it. And that means letting go of the control, letting go of the fear. Um, you know, like I said, getting your mind in a different place where you can just trust that your body's going to, going to work that stuff out when you've aligned your brain and your body. So it doesn't have to be Germany medicine and it, it doesn't have to be, you know, map for sensitivities or whatever. But if you can just open your mind to the idea that it might not look anything like what we've been taught, it looks like that there's something wrong with you, you know, then I think that that's really just kind of the beginning of, you know, letting things in that you maybe didn't before and just seeing whether they resonate with you, you know, and I've certainly come across stuff, you know, the last few years that hasn't resonated with me. Um, But the things that have, I just, it's just blown my mind how impactful they've been yeah well thank you for taking the time today to to talk with me Josie this has been really special I appreciate everything that you have shared everything that you learned you know everything that you have communicated today yeah thanks for having me I don't know if you know um how important you have been to my healing journey and how I'm just I just happened upon that podcast where I heard you and I just am so grateful that I did and for all the work that you have done with me and with my family members and with some of my friends and I mean it's really just been life-changing honestly so thanks for being a part of my healing path and thanks for having me on today yeah wonderful thanks Josie thank you for joining us for the flourish with neural retraining podcast please listen again and remember to follow us and leave a review on iTunes Spotify Amazon music 
Google Play, or Stitcher. Check out our free courses about the MAP method, how it works, and how we use it for mind-body healing at mapforhealth.us or schedule your introductory session at mindremapforhealth.com. Until the next time, be well and flourish. Content of this podcast, copyright 2023 by Twin Cities Neural Retraining. Music by Barbara Benn.